This is the Center for Strategic and International Studies Smart Women, Smart Power podcast. This is the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast. I'm Beverly Kirk here at CSIS in Washington. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We're at Smart Women, and I'm at Beverly Kirk. My guest today is Linda Jojo, Executive Vice President of Technology and Chief Digital Officer of United Airlines. She's responsible for strategy and operations of United's technology platforms and infrastructure, as well as United's mobile app, e-commerce, and commercial web platforms. Linda, great to see you. Thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thanks. Before we talk about the work you do, let's talk a little about you and your background. Um, It's in STEM. You have a computer science degree from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in New York. So were you always a tech person? You know, um, I think maybe that it's true that I was. It starts probably with my dad and my uncle, who were always um, encouraging me uh, whether it was on my homework assignments or my science projects, asking, getting me interested. And then I had a math teacher in high school that really was the last push to get me over and to, to study computer science in college. And the math teacher, does she know or does he know how much of an impact? She does. She does. Um, I, you know, I, I've seen her recently, and um, we have a pretty special relationship. That is wonderful. Um Beyond uh, getting, you know, the influence with the teacher and your family, what else made you interested in tech? Were you just naturally good in math and good in technology? Uh, not to start, <laughs> I don't think. Um, but I, I do think that, that just the concept of problem solving, and I think really pretty early on, um, I, I got the connection of, of applied math and science versus the sit in a corner in a room and uh, and do differential equations or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that uh, that applied side of it and and solving problems was something that attracted me. And I'm sure you have lots of things that you work to solve in working on technology at United. Talk about the technology platforms and the technical infrastructure that are all part of your work. Well, um, there really is very little at this point in a modern airline that doesn't run with some type of technology. So the things that people think about immediately are things of how they book their ticket or before that, how they research where they want to go. All the processes around day of travel, you can check in online, you can change your seats online. We notify you about gate changes or anything like that uh, through the mobile app. Uh, But also, uh, really, how we run the airline, the logistical challenges of making sure that our airplanes, our flight crews, our gates, and our customers all line up so that we can actually fly those 4,700 flights a day. Uh, Monday, we flew almost half a million customers and so and their bags. And so the, 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 the logistics of working all that together uh, is also part of what we do. Um, have you seen technology, or I should say, how have you seen technology transform the customer experience? Um, you know, I think if you think back to the days where uh, you really interacted with the airline when you booked the ticket, and then when you flew, customers are interacting with us uh, all the way through that planning process and through the journey. But probably the biggest place that it's changed is how it's empowered our employees. And so when you think about it, our employees are mobile. They don't come to work and go behind a desk. And so now that uh, smartphones are very ubiquitous, that connectivity is there everywhere around the world, and also the fact that now we can actually connect people and give everyone their own device. We have 70,000 mobile devices in the hands of our frontline employees now. 
now. And that is a very powerful thing. Uh, it started off, uh, like for example, with our flight attendants, we put their manuals online. And so uh, that took six pounds out of their luggage, uh, which was a fantastic thing. But now they are doing all kinds of things. They can see um, all kinds of things about the, about the customers that they're serving, whether it's how their last five flights were, what their connecting information looks like, even if they're having a birthday. And so that allows them to provide great service. Our technicians now have iPads. Those iPads actually allow that dreaded waiting for paperwork sign to get sometimes when uh-huh. they're looking over something. That is now a thing of the past, and so they can now con- they can now communicate with our pilots and back to their maintenance shops in a much better way. And how do you think technology is going to continue to transform the airline industry? Because everything you've named used to be done in some way on paper, yeah, and now it's done with iPads and other yeah. computers, other technologies. But this is only the beginning, I would guess. Yeah. The next frontier, uh, and actually we've already started again here, is data. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of information, uh, that logistical information, all the information about how the aircraft is actually performing, getting that information, not waiting for something to have a warning light and have a maintenance tech take a look at it, but rather do some type of predictive maintenance to say, hey, there's something trending with our fleet. Let's wait. The next time this plane is on the ground for a little while, let's go proactively check that and fix it before it breaks. That is a big piece of it. With our customers, um, some of our customers that fly us often fly similar routes all the time. How do we make it easier for them to book those trips? How do we detect whether they're on yet another business trip or whether this is that big family vacation and treating them differently because of the different things they're going to want in that situation? All that is really around data. Customers do provide a lot of information to airlines and to everybody else these days. So how are you working to combat the sensitivity of servicing the customer? Because obviously, the more you know, the more things that you can offer that people may want, um, while not breaching privacy. Yeah, I actually even call it the creepiness factor. Uh, that that <laughs> example I gave you earlier about knowing uh, a customer's birthday, well, that's something we have. You have to have that to travel. But if a flight attendant comes up and wishes you a happy birthday, you might kind of stop and wonder how they know. And so we really have to count on the professionalism of our flight attendants to actually make a judgment call of how and when to use that information. It's also very important that we protect that information and that, that you as a customer trust that when we take the information that we need to help you fly, that we are actually going to protect that. And that's obviously something that we think a lot about. Are there things that I'm sure you can't talk about specific things that you do, but are there things that you can tell the listeners here to reassure them that you're protecting their information? You know, we've had a lot of valuable customer information for a very long time. We've had things like credit cards and passports and those kinds of things. So airlines have been at the front end of protecting that information as a result of having it for so long. But the thing I think that is most interesting about this industry, you know, we we compete fiercely with other airlines for customers and we want to have the best schedule schedules and the, and the best aircraft, we don't compete um, with other airlines on safety or security. So we actually collaborate very closely. If there's a, even a small issue at another airline, it's very quickly shared among the chief security officers of each airline. Uh, we also uh, are involved with the aircraft manufacturers and all the component manufacturers, even the airports themselves. When there are issues, we hear about them very quickly so that we can actually, if something's happening in one place, we can check check proactively and make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, 
I read where cybersecurity is one of the top concerns for um, airline CEOs, um, not only about keeping that customer information safe, but also about keeping the technologies that make things run uh, uh, safe. Um, what concerns you, or I guess the question is always, what keeps you up at night as the chief digital officer? I love to sleep, first of all, so um, <laughs> it takes an awful lot. I mean, I think that you have to remember that we always have an airplane in the air, um, and so 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, there's always an United airplane flying somewhere. So uh, we have to have a very resilient 24 by 7 operation. From a cyber perspective, I think what actually um, is, is helpful as well. There's a lot of folks that for various reasons may want to get some of our information. I think that collaboration we have across the industry is something that is a really good protection for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also really important that we're not complacent. And so uh, we are investing a lot more than we were even a year ago, and we will continue to invest, continue to monitor, to continue to be more proactive in that regard. Anything you can say about worries on hackers? It, it's a worry that is it is always present. Uh, you know, I will never say that we are are, you know, satisfied with how we are from a, from our posture, and so we'll continue to, to uh, protect it. And then uh, if something were to happen, we're going to react really strongly and forcefully and seriously to make sure that we can stop whatever would happen. Let me remind everyone that you're listening to the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast. I'm Beverly Kirk. My guest is Linda Jojo. She is the Executive Vice President of Technology and Chief Digital Officer at United Airlines. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Smart Women, and I'm at Beverly Kirk. Linda is at LJojo, and let me spell that for you, L-J-O-J-O. -O. You're on Twitter a lot. I follow you. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's a, a really great way, uh, I think, really to communicate with our own employees. Again, remember, they're out. They aren't behind a desk. And so being able to communicate with mm -hmm. them, uh, Twitter is one a great tool. But also, I'm really proud of the changes and the advances that we have made at United Airlines, specifically from a technology perspective. So I like to brag about what the team does occasionally. I'm not going to Well, lie. I'll give you an opportunity to brag because social media is one of the technologies and one way of communicating, uh, not only with your staff, but also with your passengers. Right. Well, uh, social media is the great equalizer, I think. And, you know, um, there's no uh, question that our frequent flyers are very important to us. But a statistic that many people don't know is that over 80% of our customers fly us once a year. And so um, really, how do you connect with them? And frankly, how do they connect with us? Uh, social media and Twitter especially is something uh, that is, it is something that we now need to really learn how to do much better. And, you know, we've had some very public events through social media that have um, been a really great wake-up call. And I'm really proud now of, of our social media team, their ability to effectively listen, to know what's happening. And then the great thing is, is to alert our folks in the airports if they're is something happening at a gate in Denver, uh, the folks in the in the operations center in Denver are actually able to see that. And very often, they're dispatching people right down to help that customer in the moment. And so um, I think that's one of the real benefits of social media. How do you think the digital strategy has changed since you started at United? You know, I think um, when I started at United, it was about four years ago. So it was a little after we merged with Continental. Mm -hmm. And so we were really focused on how we can integrate our, our workforces, integrate our systems. And we were very focused on that, I, I would call very back office-like stitching of mm -hmm. systems together. Uh, we're done with that now. And as a result, we can take all of that energy that was just 
trying to get us together to actually starting to think about how we can leapfrog. And so uh, we're doing uh, things that are maybe very mundane, but really hardening our systems so that they can actually uh, work better and work faster all the way to some fun stuff. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, actually, we I had somebody walk into my office about a year ago and said, hey, Amazon Alexa and Google Home, this voice looks like a pretty interesting thing. Um, would you, can we try it? I'm like, sure, go for it. Two weeks later, they came back and they had it working. Mm-hmm. And so now um, voice-activated check-in, you know, frankly, is not necessarily something that a whole lot of our customers are doing. Although I have found when I'm late uh, getting ready to go on a trip and when I'm packing my bags with maybe a couple hours before my flight, I can ask Alexa to check me in and I can get all checked in without having to even pick up my phone. So it's kind of a, a cool way to do it. Um, I had an early idea that you could do this. Yeah. Or am yeah. I just and, and Google Home works behind as well. The, Absolutely. <laughs> am yeah. I just behind the yes. times here? Yeah. Well, uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> at least at United. Uh, and so um, and so we that's just something we just did very quickly in two weeks, um, not for some big customer impact, um, although it is for the for the the tech-savvy people mm-hmm. out there, it's a fun thing to do. But it also is getting our team used to how to manage through voice. It's kind of interesting. Voice is coming back. Uh, we used to leave a lot of voicemails for people. Then we went to text messages. Now voice act, you send a voice text now, right? So um, getting our team to understand how to how to do that or some of the little things that we're doing uh, to be innovative. Is that just one of the commitments you've talked about that United is making in terms of investing in technology? Oh, well, that's a great example of that didn't cost a whole lot to invest. I think it was three people for two weeks, so it didn't cost us much at all. From an investment perspective, um, you know, I I guess I'll point back to those mobile devices uh, that our 70,000 employees have now. Uh, There's obviously a first cost to that, but there's also a lot of infrastructure to make that make sure that works. Uh, Wi-Fi is a great invention, except when a plane pulls between you and the wireless access points. We've had to put a lot of wireless access points in all of our airports. Uh, But then all the tools that they're using are things that we're investing in as well. It seems as though any plane you get on these days has Wi-Fi. What kind of innovations did it take to make that possible because there was one point where it was like, oh, you can never pick up and use your cell phone on a plane. Now there's Wi-Fi on the plane and you can... You can watch movies. It's pretty amazing, right? If you think about it, you know, you're 34,000 feet in the air. You're going 700 miles an hour. Maybe you're over an ocean Mm -hmm. and you're connected. Now, uh, sometimes those connections don't work all the time. And I know that many of our customers are frustrated about it. Frankly, I am too. I like to be connected when I'm traveling. Uh, Am I the only person who likes to be at 30,000 feet and I do not want to be connected? Um, You might be one of, I I don't know, from from my inbox, I'm going to say yes, but I don't know if my inbox is necessarily a great uh, barometer of that for sure. But, uh, you know, people want to, they want to be productive wherever they are. And you're used to sitting anywhere, whether it's in a hotel or a coffee shop or an airplane, and you want to be connected if you can do that. And so we definitely understand that and we'll continue to to improve that experience. Um, What innovations have you seen become very successful. I and mean, you've noted the, uh, a few things here, but are there others? 
You know, uh, people are always looking for some, uh, the answer to that question to be something big and far out. And, uh, you know, we're trying some things like others are with biometrics and things like that. And those are certainly important. But to me, um, they really come back to those those individual moments. So um, right now, if there's a problem, um, maybe there's a problem storing a bag or maybe there's a problem on the aircraft, the seat back doesn't work right what you want. Uh, typically, a, a flight attendant would have to apologize and maybe give you a little slip of paper and say, call this number or go to this website and we'll take care of you. We now do that in the moment. And so the flight attendant have a great interaction with you and say, we're sorry that the seat back isn't working. Um, let's look and see what are some of the options that we can provide you. Maybe it's um, a free drink. Maybe it's uh, miles in your account. Maybe it's a travel certificate, depending on what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And, and just being able to solve that customer problem in the moment and empowering that flight attendant to do so, to me, that's a pretty great innovation uh, that you couldn't do without Wi-Fi on the airplane, without the mobile devices, and about, without the data to actually serve up. And what should we, the passenger or you know the customer, be looking forward to that's coming down the pike? Are there any any new technologies that you can preview that uh, the next time you take yeah. a flight you might see? Well, on my uh, on my smartphone today, I actually have the latest version of the United Mobile app. Now. Um, even just this morning, I was talking to uh, to one of our customers, and uh, he told me how much he loved the mobile app. And I hear that a lot, and mm-hmm. we're very proud of the mobile app. So you might say, how crazy are you, Linda, to think about changing the mobile app? Um, but what we realize is that there's a lot of things that other apps can do that we want to be able to do with our with our with our mobile device. And we're not just comparing ourselves to other airline apps, frankly. We're comparing ourselves to the apps that you use every day that you can't live without mm-hmm. and how they work and what they can do for you. And so we really are focused on that that uh, when you're purchasing a ticket, how do we make that easy? How do we make it uh, repeatable? But more importantly, on the day of travel, how can we help you get through the airport? and de-stress that experience through the information that we can provide um, on the mobile device. Is there ever going to be a time, you mentioned biotech earlier, is there ever going to be a time when in order to fly you just take your fingerprint and touch a screen or something and then boom, you're checked in, you're, you're through security, everything is done because of a biometric measure? I, be- I believe yes. I believe that is something that is going to come. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago, maybe five years ago, that you didn't have a mobile app. You know, maybe five or ten years from now you won't need a mobile app because of the biometrics. Now there's a whole lot of infrastructure that has to happen. And when you're flying between Chicago and Washington, D.C., like I did this morning, the chances of it happening in those two cities are pretty high. Uh, but if you're flying to upstate New York or if you're flying to a rural area, those smaller airports – not sure when they're going to actually have that. So I think we're going to have to think about all the different variations and also the different comfort levels that customers have about having that information stored, whether it's by the government or by us, uh, that we're going to have to operate in a dual mode environment for quite some time. Well, Linda Jojo, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for being here with us today on Smart Women, Smart Power. I enjoyed it. Thanks very much. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Beverly Kirk. We're at Smart Women. And follow Linda at LJojo, L-J-O-J-O. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening. For more information, go to CSIS.org and subscribe to our podcasts.